0: Go ahead and let's turn our Bibles to Acts chapter number one. Acts chapter number one tonight, Word of God. Uh, we we'll get a little bit farther tonight, maybe. And uh, I told I told uh, some of you I preached for an hour and a half, so get real good and comfortable, amen. I'm just picking at you. I've done killed the service, amen. Acts chapter number one. If you found your place, say amen. Amen. Acts chapter number one, verse number seventeen. The Bible said this, for he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity. And falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all his boughs gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that field is called in their proper tongue, a ammon that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein. And his bishopric let another take. Wherefore of these men, which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John, unto that same day that he was taken up from us, Must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection? Alright, so in our last study tonight, we began reading down in verse number 15. And we look where the Bible says, And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of the names together were about 120. Now, as we said in our last study, here are these apostles tonight and others that are with them. And what they're doing tonight is they're in this upper room here in the book of Acts where Jesus Christ had told them to wait, all right? But here we see that Peter stands up in the midst of them all. And we see that he begins to speak. Now, last week I said there were 12 and the number doubled. But the thing that I also see tonight is this. I see that there were a lot of folks that Christ had told himself about That He is the Son of God. And there's a lot of folks that He told that, but here there's not that many folks there, once you really think about it. So a lot of folks probably also fell away or went another way. But here's these folks tonight, and they're here in this upper room. Peter's standing up, and he's speaking in the midst of them. Now, as we said in our last study, we don't truly know that if Peter done this out of haste or not, Uh, We looked at that, but I'm still under the persuasion that he did. But at any rate tonight, however you look at the verse tonight, we see that Peter is now standing up. We see that Peter has taken the floor, and let's look at what he says tonight as he conducts the first business meeting here. If you are marking your Bible, it's good to know that he's conducting the first business meeting that has something to do with the church. So we looked in verse number 16 there, where the Bible says, men and brethren... This scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guided them that took Jesus. So we see tonight he is talking about this man named Judas Iscariot. And as Peter stands up amongst the people, we see that Peter does say something tonight that is right. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. And he's right tonight that the scripture had to be fulfilled. And that Christ had to be betrayed by Judas so that you and I could be saved and so that Jesus Christ could fulfill the Scripture every jot and every tittle. Now also, we said in our last study, we know that Judas Iscariot was one of the 12 apostles there. But we also know that he became so grieved after he betrayed Jesus Christ that he went and committed suicide in his life. So it so bothered him that he went... And hung himself. That he betrayed Jesus Christ. So here's the, they are in this upper room. There's 11 apostles here tonight. There's 11 of the 12. So we see that Peter is standing up. Conducting the business meeting. If you will. Whatever you want to call it tonight. And he's obviously been concerned tonight. Because at one point there were 12 apostles. But now there's 11. So he's concerned about that tonight. As we see him standing up, so let's get back in the Word of God. Let's read verse number seventeen again. So remember, they're talking about Judas, all right? For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now we see tonight uh, as Peter's standing here, he's now speaking concerning Judas, concerning Judas, and here's what he says. He's letting these fellows know that Judas had been numbered with them. And we see that he had ministered with those fellows in the Word of God. Now that may bring up the question in our minds, was Judas a saved man? Well, was he or was he not? We might discuss that one later on as well. I think it's interesting to see what folks think about the Word of God. Whether right or wrong, sometimes it's just interesting. Uh, But I'll tell you what I think, and you tell me what you think maybe next time. But later we'll look at that. But we see Judas was there tonight when they ministered to the poor. He was part of the 12 disciples, part of the 12 apostles there. So we see Judas was there when they preached the gospel of Christ. We see Judas was there when they healed the sick. Christ gave them all those powers to heal the sick. We see Judas was there when demons were cast out. Uh, I believe that's in the book of Matthew. But he was numbered with them tonight. And Judas tonight had seen the countless miracles that the Lord Jesus Christ had done in his life. Now he had broken bread at the table with the Lord Jesus Christ. Sat down and ate with him tonight. He had been part of the ministry tonight. What the Word of God said. But the thing that we see about Judas is that even though uh, through all that, he threw all of it away tonight for 30 pieces of silver in his life. 30 pieces of silver he betrayed. The Lord Jesus Christ. I'm very afraid tonight. There have been many men, women, ladies, boys and girls. That have thrown away the Lord Jesus Christ. For the things of this world. I'm afraid there's been many men of God. That have thrown away the ministry they were in. Just for money. In this life. It's sad. A sad day. And there are people tonight. Who are only worried about the riches of the world. Instead of worrying about what matters most, who is the Lord Jesus Christ? So it's not impossible uh, for a rich man to get saved, but it is hard. The Bible lets us know in Matthew 19 and 24. You don't have to flip there. And the Bible said, and again I say to you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. So that's not saying that a rich man can't get saved. But it's saying that a rich man lots of times trusts more in his riches than he trusts the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see tonight some people are so focused on riches in this life they take no thought whatsoever for their own soul. Lots of folks are living for the world tonight and they're not realizing that they have a soul that is one day going to spend eternity in heaven or in hell. And it's sad tonight because folks want to do the things of the world and they don't have time for the one who made time for them. Jesus Christ loved us enough to go to Calvary, die for us on the cross, rise on the third day, sit at the right hand of God, the mercy seat tonight, ready for to mercy out upon us hell-deserving sinners and folks don't have time for Him. They betray Him like Judas did for the things of the world. Friend, what a sad day. But Judas worried about silver tonight more than he worried about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he worried about silver tonight more any he worried about the consequences Of what might happen when he betrayed Christ So he didn't worry about The grief and the pain That it might cause him tonight To betray him What a lesson in the word of God we have tonight I say to you tonight Betraying Christ has consequences In your life And it's very important that, And I said this Sunday morning I'm going to say it again It's very important that we bring our will Under God's will and when we pray, God, what's your will for my life? That doesn't mean, well, God, I'm going to tell you what I want to do. And you make that your will. That's not how we ought to do it. God, what is your will for my life? And God will begin to show you in the Word of God was his will for all our lives. Amen. So what a lesson for us. I didn't know all that was in there. But at any rate, we see at one time Judas was numbered among the twelve. How sad would that be tonight to know that, you are numbered among the twelve apostles and then thrown away for the things of the world. That'd be sad, wouldn't it? I mean, to see all the miracles that Christ done. Well, you and I see tonight a lot of the miracles that Christ has done. We've seen prayers answered tonight. We've seen folks stay safe as we pray for them as they travel. We see the mountains tonight. That's a miracle. Amen. We see the bees and they, how they work. They, they take that pollen, and I wish they'd take more of it. Amen. But listen, they'll take that stuff, and that's all a miracle And yet, we still worry more about the things of the world than we will about Jesus Christ. But another interesting thing I see tonight in this verse, I, know, I never saw before, that Peter says not only was he numbered with them, but Peter says, and had obtained part of this ministry. And I got to thinking about that. And part means not all of them. Am I right? So Peter, or, or Judas said, or Peter stood up and said, obtain part of this ministry. So he said he didn't obtain it all tonight. So there's no telling what it might cost you and I if we betray Jesus Christ. Hey, I don't want part of it. I want all of it. Amen. But anyway, look at another verse. See what else Peter says. The Bible said in verse number 18, now this man, remember talking about Judas, this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out. You know what? You don't have to go and watch some horror movie to see blood and guts. Just read your Bible. Amen. Just read what it said. But the Bible says here, this man purchased the field with the reward of iniquity. And it's also in this verse we see that Judas is the one that Peter still yet has on his mind. So we see that he purchased the field. Now Judas did not purchase this field himself. Okay, and I know what the Word of God is saying, The Word of God's right. But if you read your Bible with me, turn. Go ahead and you can be turning there to Matthew 27 verses three through eight. So Judas had a little help in buying this field. You'll see that tonight. But if he had never betrayed Jesus Christ, this field here would have never been bought to begin with. So listen, and you say amen when you're there. Amen. Amen. Matthew 27, 3 through 8. The Bible said, Then Judas, which had betrayed him, him being Christ, when Judas, he saw that he was condemned, repented himself, and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. So basically, Judas says, I'm wrong, and I don't want this silver no more. Basically, he's saying, I want the blood of Christ off of my hands. Amen what he's saying. But now listen, verse number four says, uh, well, let's go ahead and back up here. Condemned, verse three, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. Verse number four, here's what he said, saying, I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to them. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple. There's a lesson to be learned here. And departed and went and hanged himself. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, it is not lawful for to put them into the treasury because it is the price of blood. You know, that ought to tell us, uh, we ought to watch what kind of money the church uses. I mean, I see that there. If somebody's been gambling, I don't want to use that. That's... Ain't right, Amen. But no, anyhow, and they took counsel in verse number seven and bought with them the potter's field. There's your field to bury strangers in. Wherefore that field was called the field of blood unto this day. So we see that Judas laid the money down to be put into the treasury of the temple. Now that money could not be used tonight because it was those very thirty pieces of silver tonight that brought the de- that brought on the death and the betrayal of Jesus Christ. So the chief priest there tonight couldn't take the money to use for the temple because that money had Christ's blood on it. Uh, Not literally his blood, but it's part of what sentenced him to death. So what they done is they purchased this property in the Word of God. Now that reward of iniquity in which Judas had committed against Christ, we see this property was bought. But here it is tonight. It's now turned into a burial ground where people would be buried when they died. All right, so we see the field in verse 18. Look at something else. Look in verse 18 where the Bible says, And falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst and all his bows gushed down. So not only did Judas commit suicide, but I see something else here tonight. We know Judas hung himself, but at one point, at some point, either the rope broke or the tree. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Look, we know Judas hung himself, but the rope had to break or had to snap. Why? Because Judas fell to the ground and his insides goes down. All right, so what an awful picture this paints tonight of Mr. Judas Iscariot. And it happened all because this man decided to betray his friend, who's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's said that this field that was bought was a place of jagged rough rocks. We don't know that tonight. But I can only imagine that it was because when he fell, you'll see that he burst asunder. So he busted like a balloon, I guess you could say. But this could have been like a place mentioned in Second Chronicles twenty-five and twelve. You ain't got to turn there. Well the Bible does say this another ten thousand left alive, did the children of Judah carry away captive, and brought them under the top of the rock, and cast them down. From the top of the rock, they were broken in pieces. Might have been a place like that's what I'm getting at, where there was rocks there. But anyhow, although Matthew mentioned that Judas committed suicide, here in the book of Acts, and through this writer named Luke, we see the Holy Ghost of God here tonight has given us more detail about Judas Iscariot's death. Now, I don't know tonight whether he was dead before (laughs) he fell there. I I don't know that tonight. But I do know that he was trying to commit suicide, or he did, one of the two. But I see that he fell. He burst asunder there. Read verse 19 as well. The Bible says, And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch that the field is called their proper tongue a seldeammon, that is to say, the field of blood. So in this verse, we see tonight, Judas Iscariot's death had become known among the land. And I say to you tonight, bad news travels fast. And here he is. Oh, could you imagine the talk of the town? Well, this man, he, he, he committed suicide. I mean, that's, it's bad in our days, bad then. But anyhow, listen. Had become known among the land. The, the news spread rapidly. And since he died this horrible death in the field, which was purchased with those 30 pieces of silver, we see that the name of his field now been changed from the potter's field, which was over there in Matthew, but now it's the field of blood. So we see this field was purchased. We see it's called the field of blood. Now let's look at something else. Read verse 20. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his, remember we're talking about Judas, let his habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein and his bishopric let another take. So we saw in our last study, Peter quoted from the book of Psalms. I know there's a lot in this, and I'm trying to keep it all straight. So we see that he quoted from the book of Psalms, and now he does it again. And the psalm he's quoting from tonight, he's quoting from Psalm 69 and 25. And you don't have to turn there if you don't want to. You can look at it later. But the Bible said here in Psalm 69 and 25, Let their habitation be desolate, and let none dwell in their tents. Alright? The other psalm he's quoting from tonight... It's Psalm 109, verse number 8. You've probably got both of those psalms in your reference right beside the verse, if you've got a reference Bible there. But he's also using Psalm 109, verse 8, where the Bible says this, Let his days be few, and let another take his office. Is that not what's going on here in Acts tonight? So in those psalms, you'll see David changes, though, from the plural to the singular tonight. And the reason for that tonight is because Psalm chapter 69 David's speaking of his many enemies in the Bible. Uh, But he's also prophesying about Judas as well, who we know had betrayed Jesus Christ. Now, as Peter is speaking here in this verse, he's talking about the punishment of Judas for what he'd done to Christ. And not only was Judas punished, but we know tonight the Jewish nation was punished as well for betraying Christ and forsaking Him as well. But at any rate, what, what Peter had on his mind tonight is the punishment... Of Judas, all right. So look at this first. Bible says, "Let his habitation be desolate, and his bishop prick. Let another take." Well, what's the bishop prick? It means office. That's what that means. So we see that the scripture is now being fulfilled. Did you know tonight? If you've got a King James Bible, you'll not you'll not find one contradiction in the Word of God. Not one. You'll, but, but you may say, well, preacher, Matthew and, and, and Luke and, and Mark, they, they uh, say different things. Yeah, but they all come to the same conclusion. I may tell you something a little bit different The uh, my wife would you, But in the end, some come out the same, so there's really no contradiction. I hope that makes sense. And I've said this before. Let's say me and Brother Wes go to a movie and we try to explain that movie to you, we're gonna explain it two different ways because we're two different people and we're gonna come out with the same thing. I mean, that's the way the word of God is. But we see tonight Judas, so Peter's quoting from those books of Psalms there, and we now see Judas's habitation was to become desolate. Well, that word desolate means deprived of inhabitants. So keep that in your mind. So we see that Judas is going to a place in which nobody's gonna be dwelling in. It's desolate. And in the office tonight, we see uh, that's going to be occupied by somebody else chosen by God to take his place, which will complete the number of the disciples, which is going to make 12 instead of 11. All right, so the psalm there in Psalm 69 pronounced this curse. Psalm 109 pronounced that a successor was going to fill his office. said another take your place. Let's read verse 21 and 22 and we'll try and close out tonight. Very interesting things in the book of Acts. The Bible said, Wherefore these men which have company with us all the time, that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John, unto that same day that He has taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of His resurrection. Alright, so in these verses tonight, we see Peter is now given the qualification of the one that's going to take the place of Judas Iscariot. Alright, so the one that took his place, as we see in this verse tonight, had to be a witness with them of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Alright, so it was the bodily resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that was the truth that had to be known tonight among them. It had to be declared by this new apostle. He had to be an eyewitness of the resurrected Lord tonight. So we saw tonight that Christ was with these men for 40 days after He died on the cross and resurrected. So He talks with them for 40 days and He's he's ascended to the Father here. Alright, and they're in this upper room. They're waiting on the Holy Ghost to come down. Alright, so now, they had to see, in order to be qualified, according to Peter, they had to see the bodily resurrection of Christ. Alright, so here, whether you think that the one that was chosen was supposed to be Paul or not. Or as Brother West said in our last study, we see that Paul would qualify because he did meet Jesus Christ on the Damascus Road. And you'll see the Bible says in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 6, you can turn there if you want to, just just over a little bit, Acts 9, 1 through 6. Then we'll turn somewhere else. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest. And he desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. That was Paul uh, before he got saved. The Bible said, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. So it's here that we see Christ is going to tell Paul... What he must do. 1 Corinthians 15 and 8 says this. And last of all, he was seen of me also. That's Paul speaking as one born out of due time. So we see he did see a resurrected Savior tonight. So Paul saw Jesus in that resurrected body tonight. But he's not the only one that saw him either. Because we know that in the Word of God, in the book of 1 Corinthians as well, we know Christ was seen by 500. By 500 people tonight. And I'm not going to disagree that they were right put putting Matthias in either. I'm not going to say they were wrong. I'm not going to say that they should have put him... I'm not going to disagree or agree the way... I think... Well, I do, I guess. I think it was Paul. But either way, tonight, we truly don't know much about Matthias because the Word of God don't speak about him again. But was he qualified? Well, he saw the resurrected resurrected Savior. And then you've got to ask the question, is is Peter making up the rose here? (laughs) Because one man said... Uh, I was talking at him at the back of the church. He said, Jesus Christ, if you look, never said to do any of this. And I thought, man, that's pretty good. Because Christ said, wait. And that's, so that's, there's several different things. But even though we may not know tonight whether they were right, whether they were wrong, there's one thing we're going to agree on tonight. And that's what they had to see to be put into the ministry of this apostle. Peter's here tonight. He mentions three things about the public ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the first of those ministries he mentions tonight is he mentions the baptism of John. Well, what's the importance of the baptism of John? Well, it's by that baptism that Jesus publicly identified himself with you and me tonight. Now, that's amazing, ain't it? Ain't it amazing that Jesus Christ would want to identify with something such as us? Amen. He didn't want to be baptized. Or he didn't need to be baptized. But he done that to show us his identity to us. And it's through that baptism tonight that John the Baptist came to realize who Jesus Christ was himself. Listen to your Bible. The Bible in John one31 through thirty-four. You can turn there if you want to. John chapter one. It's good to see. There's a whole lot of interesting stuff in the Word of God for us to learn, and we'll never learn it all. John chapter one, verse thirty-one through thirty-four. Say Amen. You find your place. All well, right, get a hold of this. John the Baptist said, I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Wherefore am I come baptizing with water? And John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. Here's John again, and I knew him not. He said, I didn't know it. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. John says this is who he is. Amen. And it was through that testimony of John tonight, and with his pointing out of Jesus as the Son of God, that Andrew came to Christ himself. Then through Andrew, Peter came to Christ, who's standing up here in this upper room. The Bible said in John 1, 35 through 42. Again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples... And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto him, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, Being interpreted master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. Well, they came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak, and following him, was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. See there, it was through Simon, Andrews brought Christ. So, and the Bible said he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon. Sorry, Andrew brought (laughs) Peter to Jesus. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation of stone. So Peter found Christ through the mouth of Andrew. How many people is going to see Christ through you? See, Peter hears on through Andrew. Alright, so we see Peter in that verse speaks of the baptism of Jesus. We see he speaks of the resurrection here in the book of Acts as well. If you'll look in this verse back over here in Acts tonight, you'll see that Peter wants also one to be ordained, to be a witness, he says, with us of his resurrection. And if you'll remember the beginning of our study tonight, it was through the resurrection of Christ in which the apostles had some doubts. They had some difficulties about So Christ spent 40 days telling them he was the resurrected Christ. And he's he done that so that all their doubts would be dissolved. And tonight we know, and we'll now see later, that because they believed, that Christ, that this was Christ being raised from the dead, they were now ready to follow Christ. Whether it, it, it didn't matter if they if, if 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 it got them killed, it didn't matter. They were going to follow Christ no matter what the cause. These apostles believed tonight like you and I ought to believe. They saw Jesus Christ resurrected, all twelve, and we'll see. They believed enough to die the martyr's death. If that's what it meant. And friend, it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ these men preached about. And we're still preaching about it tonight. But friend, listen to me. They had seen Christ in that resurrected body. But Peter speaks of one more thing, which is the ascension. The Lord Jesus Christ as well. He'd ascended. He's ascended on high tonight, sitting on the right hand of God. That's where he's at tonight. He's our great high priest tonight. Friend, he ministers for you and I. While we're down here, He prays for us, takes care of us. Puts clothes on our back, shoes on our feet. Hey, gives us cars to drive. Does so much for you and me that we cannot even contain it all that He does for us. Hey, I wonder how many times He's watched over us while we're out there on the road. How many times has He answered prayers? He's sitting on the right hand of God tonight. Those men seen Him go up there. And I'm glad tonight that you and I can come to the throne room of grace with boldness in Christ tonight because of that great high priest that ascended to be with Jesus Christ. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time need, Friend, Peter believed in his heart tonight that whoever took the place of Judas should be a man who at one time had an intimate personal knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ in his life. It had to be one tonight who had seen him in that resurrected body. Hey, friend, if we're honest tonight, there are a lot of people in the Word of God that might have been qualified to be an apostle tonight. Hey, man, there might have been a bunch there. Jesus had a lot of followers in his day. There was a hundred some people here, and that we that they weren't even named. But listen tonight, we see at any rate, Peter tonight makes mention of the three qualities tonight that are so important for the one that becomes ordained. He mentioned the baptism of John would show John who Jesus was. It shows you and I tonight the trinity of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. John saw the Spirit descend like a dove. And it went upon Jesus who John saw as he baptized Jesus. So there you see tonight, you've got two people. And then we see that he heard God speak. There's three people, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. There's the Trinity. He spoke of the resurrection of Christ, and then he spoke of the ascension as well. And just in knowing that our God is ascended tonight on the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and me on a close-out like this tonight. I quoted in Hebrews where the Bible said, Seeing then that we have a great high priest, excuse me. Now we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. You know what we need to do tonight? We need to hold fast what we believe. Do you believe tonight that He resurrected on the third day? Do you believe tonight that He ascended and is sitting on the right hand of the Father right now tonight? I hope you do. And if you do, hold fast. If you don't, believe. Amen. Well, listen to that. He's interceding for you and me. And friend, we saw that. Then we said, for we have not, the Bible said, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities tonight, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Where's the throne of grace? At the right hand of the Father. And you and I can go there to the Lord in prayer every time that we pray. If you're saved, hey, if you ain't saved tonight, let me tell you, God, don't hear the prayer. As his every time you pray, something touches you, it touches him. That's amazing to me. You know what tonight? He said, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In 2021, there's a great time of need. Grace and mercy is there. And all we got to do is come boldly unto the throne of grace. And I want to say this tonight. Maybe you're here and you've got a need on your heart tonight. Well, if that be the case, the Bible lets you and I know that we have a God tonight that's touched But what touches us. Every time your heart breaks, and you take it to God. You know it touches him. It touches him. How? Through prayer. On an old fashioned altar. Every time we pray. God. Heal so and so. Touches him. Your prayers don't go unheard. As long as you cleaned up. Confessed up with it for God. they Don't go unheard. Ain't it great tonight to know. That we're praying. To God that hears us. Touched. With a feeling of our infirmities. I'll never understand it. But I'm just going to enjoy it while I'm here. You know, if you have a need tonight, why don't you bring it to this altar. Come boldly to that throne of grace tonight. Where we can obtain mercy. Find grace to help in a time of need. We're living in a time of need right now. You know, many folks need many things. But the thing they need the most, they don't even see, is they need Christ. And maybe you're here tonight and you say, Preacher, I've got a lost lover that needs Christ. Let's all stand tonight with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Preacher, I've got a lost person in my family on my heart tonight. Well, you know that touches the heart of God. Why don't you bring it to the altar tonight? Preacher, I've got a lost friend in my life. I need to bring him to the altar tonight. Got lost family members, lost loved ones, lost in this community. God, it's touching my heart, and I want it to touch yours. Do you have a need tonight you'd like to tell Christ about? If you do, why don't you come tell it to Jesus? There's an old song that says, I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Why don't you come tell him tonight? Maybe you're just glad tonight. You say, preacher, I'm just glad that I can come boldly and that God take enough time to hear my prayers. Why don't you come thank him tonight? Friend, right there, he hears us. He answers. But if you'd like to thank him tonight for prayer, he's answered for you. Why don't you come and thank him? Why don't you come tell him about it? Maybe you're here tonight. Maybe you say, Preacher, I'm lost. Preacher, I've never been saved. I need to get right. Well, why don't you come tonight? Make that move. That'll be the best decision you ever make. I guarantee you that. Maybe you're here tonight. Preacher, I've never been saved. Preacher, if I died right now, I'd go to hell. Well, you ain't got to. You can get saved. You need to move tonight. If you've got a need, why don't you come? Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Preacher, I can't move tonight, but I've never been saved. Would you slip your hand up, Preacher? Pray for me. Bless that hand. Will there be another hand, Preacher? Pray for me. Please pray for me when you get home. I've never been saved. Will there be a hand anywhere? Anybody else have a need? Anybody at all? You can take it to God. He'll hear right there, the right hand of God. Anybody at all? Amen. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace, obtain mercy, a grace to help in time of need. Let's pray. Dear Lord, most kind, gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight.